Today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Sister Michelle will put the scripture on the board. When I read it, it will be taken off and she'll come down here. So I want to draw your attention to the passage in Matthew. What I am going to do, so let me give you the passage as you have it, the board. It will be Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. In fact, I'm going to then read a portion of Luke, and then I'll actually read Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. I'm going to ask you to stand, please, if you would, as I pray the word of God. Would you, if you're able to stand, would you please stand with me? Today, Lord, we are in this place once again, gathered as a body of baptized believers, those that have accepted you. We thank you that you have allowed us to gather in this place to worship together and to be able to hear the word of God as preparation has already occurred for the people to now hear. Help us, Lord, to stay alert and to be sober-minded, to be attentive to the word of God. We know the enemy likes to Bring about tiredness to keep people from hearing. But we pray today you will help us to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church this day. Our desire is that Christ will be lifted up. The Lord God Almighty will be glorified. We thank you right now that you have entrusted your word to us, your precious and holy word. We pray that you would help us to speak the word of the Almighty God. We give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15, beginning at verse 21. And this is what it says. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. And he came down with them and stood on a level place. The great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem 
and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. As a title, I have given this message, The Four Responses of Jesus to a Desperate Need. The Four Responses of Jesus to a Desperate Need. The Four Responses of Jesus to a Desperate Need. Answers to most to our most grievous problems are almost always a tremendous relief. The greater the problem, often the greater the appreciation when the answer comes. And on the other hand, our most grievous problems can become our greatest despair when the answer does not appear on the horizon to be forthcoming. The boldness and faith of this Syrophoenician woman is one that receives high recognition by Jesus. The high remarks of Jesus to the faith of this woman is a condemnation to the many religious leaders and many in Nazareth who took offense to Jesus. Point number one. The earnest plea and the silent treatment. The earnest plea and the silent treatment. That would be Matthew 15, 21 through 23. If you have a great need, you don't want to receive the silent treatment from a person that you believe can help you. If a child doesn't answer their parents, their parents might be inclined to say, did you hear me? If they don't answer to that, they may have their entire name called, including the middle name. (laughs) Did you hear me? Antonio Garrison Johnson. Yet when this woman comes with a need, Jesus does not even respond. Yet this woman has heard that Jesus has come into the area. We look at how she comes to the house. She, she, she hears that Christ has come to the place. Now in the account of the book of Mark, you will find this same story in Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. And you will discover in this passage of Mark that the Bible says that Jesus came to Tyre and Sidon and he did not want anyone to know that he was there. He went into the house, the Bible says, and yet word got out that Jesus was there. Apparently, The Lord wanted to rest. 
He wanted to spend some time alone with his disciples. And so he entered this house to get rest. But word got out that Jesus was in town. The place that he came to, Tyre and Sidon, is the same land where Elijah stayed with a widow when the Lord had sent a famine on the land because of Ahab's sin. The Lord didn't send rain for three and a half years, and the Lord told Elijah to go down to the brook. And I'm going to command the ravens to bring you meat in the morning and in the evening, and you can drink from the brook. After the three and a half years of the famine in the land, the brook dried up. And the Lord told Elijah, I'm sending you to a widow in Zarephath. Go there, I've already prepared for your arrival. It is in this land that this woman's need is great and is here in this same area. And we find Jesus going to Tyre, which is about 35 miles from Jerusalem, and Sidon is about 60 miles from Jerusalem. The story that I quoted to you or the passage, you will find that in 1 Kings chapter 17. In this place where Jesus comes is a place of pagan idolatry. Uh, Let me say this as I go on. When we think about the land that God made, the Bible says that when he made the earth, it was good. Everything, in fact, that God made was good. And we begin to look at what happened that influences of that which was not good. How did those influences begin to creep into the world? It's because of sin. And the place in which this lady lived was a place of idolatry. The Lord had been in previous Gentile places... And he had been badgered by the religious leaders, if you recall, upon him coming to this place. He had been badgered by the religious leaders, and they questioned him about his status, about who he was, about what he did, about what his disciples did, why they don't wash their hands, and all this type of stuff. And the Lord left that place, Genesaret, and he moves on to Tyre and to Tyre Sidon. It is interesting because they came from Jerusalem to harass Jesus. Now Jesus goes to a place of a Gentile, of a Gentile area. And he finds here a great need. Now this woman had an earnest plea. And in going to the house, we find that she shows extreme boldness. Now, in this time, it's not like your house today. Some of you got your door locked. Some of you have it unlocked. If a stranger come walking in your door, you're going to look at them very funny. You're going to say, who are you? 
What are you doing in my house? Now, some of y'all, don't pull, don't pull out your 45 or your 38. Some of y'all, I know, I know, I know, I know. Packing. Go ahead and put the Louisville slugger away. Don't, don't break it out. <laughs> but you would question somebody come walking in your house. Well, in this time, it was not the same. The, there was more so a, kind of an open invitation often for people. And so it would not just be so uncommon to have a person there and people to come. But in this situation, we find this lady is extremely bold as she enters this house and makes her plea to the only person that she feels and knows can help her. In her request, she pleads for Jesus to have mercy on her. Now, you need to get that. Her plea is for Jesus to have mercy. You know, if God doesn't have mercy on us, we are in trouble. If the Lord does not show mercy on us, we're in trouble. There's some incredible, some, some incredible things that's happening. Sister Michelle's going through this, this study of Calvinism and Arminianism and just the, the matter of the elect. How are we saved? And the matter of the will and how much does this play? Y'all, y'all missing it. It's deep. When we consider that God made us and then gave us a will to be a part of this plan, And yet you cannot choose God by yourself. You might have a will, but God has to draw you to himself. It's the Lord who works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. This woman comes and she pleads for mercy because she has nothing else to depend upon of herself. She must rely upon the mercy Of the almighty God. We too are dependent upon his mercy. There's nothing that we have that we can bargain with in order to get Jesus to act. She comes crying and pleading and she gets the silent treatment. Jesus does not even answer her. She even recognizes him as the Messiah by the title she gives. She states, here this woman, how does she know that he is the Messiah of the Jews? They even missed it, but she says, son of David. I think that's what she says. Let's take a look here in Matthew. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. That's his messianic title. That's his name, the Messiah, the Christ. This is how she addresses him, and she gets The silent treatment. She could have called it quits because she didn't get a response. To make matters worse, in her crying out to Jesus, the disciples, noting Jesus' silence, they get annoyed with her. God, Jesus, do something. Just send her away. Answer the lady's prayer. She's bothering us. Thank God the disciples were not in charge when it came to healing. Some of y'all wouldn't be healed. If the disciples were in charge, they'd have said, come back tomorrow. 
They said, Jesus, send her away. She's bothering us. When those that have been called by the Lord are bothered by the needs of people, there's a problem. What do you do when Jesus goes silent with you? Some people quit going to church. Some people say there's no point in praying. I'm not getting any answers. Jesus, God is not saying anything. Anger and disappointment sets in and resentment of God and the church. For some, it's like away with everybody. God is not answering my prayer. But this woman would not give up even with the silent treatment. She comes, pleads for mercy, and nothing. And then on top of it, the disciples said, send her away. Point two, the reminder of who she is not a part of and the continual plea for help. The reminder of who she is not a part of and the continued plea. For help. Matthew 15, 24, 25. To be reminded that you are a failure would not be a booster of your self-esteem. To tell you that you are a sinner, up to no good. You heard some people say, that boy, he up to no good. Up to no good. You, I don't, don't leave your pocketbook around when he's around. Don't, don't leave anything around that can be taken. In fact, nail everything down in your house. It might come up missing. But she's reminded of who she's not a part of. To be reminded of who you're not a part of, it would not help your self-esteem. Jesus would not have been a therapist. He, he would not have been licensed if he came to this woman in this way, not building up her self-esteem, he would not have got his license if she was the test case that was going to determine if he would be licensed or not. <laughs> Jesus says to her in verses 24, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now here's a person coming for help. She gets the silent treatment, and then when he does say something, he says, I didn't come for you. I came for the lost tribe or lost people of Israel. That's who I'm here for. Now, some of y'all would have said, that's it. He's already offended me once. I'm out of here. Silent treatment. He then tells her that she doesn't fit into the special group of people he comes for. This is a reminder that she's a sinner. People don't like hearing the truth about themselves. Yet rather than getting angry, this woman actually gives a more consistent plea for help. Her attitude does not get bad. She says, Lord, help me. She goes and she kneels. Lord, I need your help. I tell you, when you have a need, you will not, you will not turn aside. When you have a great need, I tell you, when my kids really wanted something, they come and ask one way. Then they come and ask a second way with their eyes. 
Then they come and ask another way and saying please on the front and the back end. They said, is there anything that I can do to get? They didn't want to hear no. If there was something that they really wanted. And most parents will give in to their kids once they hit that real tender spot in their heart. Now, this is the last time. Don't come no more in the next 17 years of your life. (laughs) This woman did not go to anybody, but she came and put herself in a more vulnerable position. She has a need and she will not take Jesus' silence, nor will she even accept in the sense of being sent away, his response that I'm here for different people right now. I came first for the children of Israel. And in her response, she just says, Lord, help me. Now, you've got to imagine that the disciples by this time are beside themselves. I can imagine that their eyes are rolling. <laughs> Fellas, Jesus Hello, we're hungry. Do something about this woman. There's no animosity that she expresses in these two different responses from Jesus. Shows no anger nor hostility towards the disciples as they are rolling their eyes and sighing loudly. This woman shows humbleness and she continues to plead for mercy. When sometimes I would get a spank and I pleaded for mercy to no avail. I acted, I jumped, I ran, I skipped, I hopped. I promised never to do it again. Until at times my parents had to stop because they were laughing so hard. (laughs) This woman in her response, she only reiterates her request when she is told, you're not a part of the group. Being reminded of who we really are can really be sobering and humbling. When you think you're somebody and you are then told who you really are, it can have a profound effect upon your attitude and your emotions. This woman, she is reminded of who she's not a part of, and yet she continues to plead for help. Point number three. Jesus' metaphor and the woman's response, Matthew 15, 26 and 27. Jesus' metaphor and the woman's response. Let me read verses 26 and 27 in case you forgot what Jesus said. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. There are a lot of people who get offended with Jesus because he does not say what they want to hear. 
Jesus says some things that would cause people to not only want to fight, but cause people to eventually kill him. You can say some things that will enrage some people. Do you not know most wars start over war, over words? Most fights and battles really start over words that have been spoken. Go back and back and look. Somebody said something. Somebody got upset. Something happened. Starts often over words. So Jesus says things. But one of the things that you need to note, Jesus always chooses his words carefully and he knows exactly what he's doing. The Gentiles were called dogs by the Israelites. This was a common phrase for those that were called Gentiles. Now there were two, at least two groups of dogs. There were those that were called dogs that were scavengers, that were wild dogs that would run wild. But then there were dogs that were considered to be the house pet. This is the dog that the Lord is referring to. It is not a derog. It, it is a put down, but it is a word that was already used. And Jesus uses this as a way of showing a house pet. I didn't come to give you that which is meant for the children of the house. You don't take a three or four course meal and prepare it and season it and then set it before your pet and says, eat and enjoy. Well, some people do. Some people leave their million dollars of states to their pets. Mm-mm. I'll be right there waiting for that dog to pass. Sorry, y'all. Anybody got any plan about that dog? There's a million dollar bounty on that dog. <laughs> this woman, in this third response by Jesus, goes along with this metaphor and agrees to what Jesus says, but says something, something that promptly that got Jesus to give his final reprompt, his final reply. Her, her statement is most incredible. Here she is having first received the silent treatment. Then told secondly, you don't fit in, didn't come for you. Then said, I didn't, you know, it's not good or right to give the, the food of the children to the dogs. And yet she comes back in a response and says, yet, Lord, true, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Have you ever noticed dogs? They will sit there while you're eating dinner. And they are sitting there and lit a few crumbs. They just run right into it. They don't complain. They're waiting. Don't drop something by accident. They're going to be right there to get it. They're not going to say, what's that? I want something bigger than what you just dropped down here. They don't say that. <laughs> Whatever might fall, is any more of that coming this way? And this woman says, yet yeah, even the dogs, they enjoy the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Now you've got to imagine that Jesus, by this time, has a smile coming across his face. This woman had a need. She came and she pleaded for mercy. 
And Jesus, after all the miracles that he had been doing, and, and he had people coming from various places, even just touching him, but here he gives this woman a hard time, it appears. And he does. How badly do you really want your request answered? What are you willing to do? How much are you really, really willing to suffer and go through to get the answer that God has for you? There are some people today that's been disillusioned and they've left when the Lord kept saying, just keep coming. They got offended because they didn't come with mercy. But they didn't come looking for it. They came with a prideful heart. Do you not know that God will humble you? When you come to the Lord, you've got to be humble. You've got to come to the Lord and say, God, I ain't got nothing to offer you. The fact of the matter is you come to God bankrupt. You're bankrupt. Bankruptcy, you ain't got nothing. In other words, you might have a little bit, but it's not enough to cover all of the debt that you own and have. This woman knew she was bankrupt. And she came pleading for Jesus' mercy. And was willing to take everything that Jesus had because she knew he had the answer. And so, it's not good to give Children bread to the dogs. Yes, Lord. But even the dogs get the crumbs. And the Lord then says, which brings us to our fourth point, the request granted. The four responses, the request granted. Matthew fifteen twenty eight. Jesus does not even speak to the demon, but tells her that she has her desire done the desire of her heart what she has been wanting it's done you will look at the miracles that the lord does he will often speak to the demon he'd speak to the situation he plays his hand he says based on your desire based on your faith what you came for what's on your heart it's done her coming to jesus is an incredible story of her humility and jesus's mercy the answer to her prayer, to her request, came about because of her unwillingness to be deterred. And she knew the only one that could give the answer was Jesus. As Jesus looks and smiles, I can see the disciples humiliated with Jesus saying, Great is your faith, your faith. Do you not know there are two times, maybe more, but times when the Lord speaks of a person's faith and it was for those that were outside of the children of Israel. The Lord spoke to a centurion when he had sent for his servant to be healed and then just said, Lord, just, just, just send the word. I haven't even seen, seen this kind of faith even in Israel. And this woman is commended for her faith. You see, when you come to the Lord, you're never disappointed. Get me now. You're never disappointed. Now, now listen, listen. I've been disappointed when I when you come to the Lord, you're not disappointed if you stay until the answer comes. 
this woman would not be deterred. She had a desperate need, and with the final response from Jesus, she got what she came for, and her daughter was delivered. You, you need to know that when you come with a need to the Lord, you've got to be prepared to stay until the answer comes. Now, some of you all, I told you, don't be praying for things outside the Lord's will. Lord, I want that $200,000 Lamborghini. I've been praying, oh, Lord, that's the car of my dreams. I want that Lamborghini, Lord. You ain't getting that Lamborghini. You are, but they're going to come and take that and your house, too. <laughs> no, we pray according to the Lord's will. How did this, this lady know it was God's will? She would not be deterred. There's a need. Her daughter was being oppressed by a demon, and she said, God, I need help. Help me. If you notice, as I said before, and I bring this to a conclusion, you rarely see, rarely ever see how a person became possessed or became, became oppressed by a, demon, a demon or the demonic world. You don't hear how it often happens, but you hear the fact that a person has been oppressed. We don't even hear about it in this case. But there's a need that this young lady has, this lady has, and she wouldn't be deterred. The four responses of Jesus to a desperate need. She had a desperate need, and she stayed and would not be offended. I'm going to tell you this. If you start with the Lord and say it's not worth it, you have no place to go but backwards. I don't care how difficult the road appears with the Lord. It is always progress forward. I don't care what you may be going through, but if you seek God, it is progress forward. Even though you might be in the valley, even though you might be down in the lowest part of your life, you're still moving forward. Even when you've got to sometimes take a step back and say, God, I don't see it. Because you come to him, you're moving forward. But to quit and to stop always means you're moving backwards. The four responses to a desperate need. How desperate is your need? And are you willing to stay and plead for mercy until the Lord answers? Please stand. How desperate is your need as we go to the Lord in prayer? Two needs. One, that you need Jesus in order to have his love and mercy applied to your life. You need to be saved. First, it's the Lord, just call upon, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Then you may have a desperate need. You may be a believer and you're in a very desperate situation right now and you don't see any way out. Don't seem like God is answering. Continue to plead for mercy. Continue to move forward in him. Lord, in this place, as we prepare to leave, we look at this Gentile Syrophoenician woman who would not be deterred from 
continuing to remain with you. And even though she received the silent treatment, then was told, you don't, I don't, you don't belong to this group. She came and knelt before you and says, Lord, help me. And then even after being rebuffed by saying, it's not good, it's not right to take the bread, the children, and give it to dogs, said, oh, Lord, true enough, but we get the crumbs. And we can benefit even from the crumbs. We can still get what we need, even from that which falls from the table. Oh, my God, the, the spillover, that which overflows. My God, my God, we honor you today. We bless your name today. That we will stand and pursue the mercy of the Almighty God with our desperate need. Oh, may we do as this woman and stay and plead until the answer is given. Until the Lord says, great is thy faith. Ah, we want to be known, Lord, as a people of great faith. That causes the Lord to smile and say, go on. According to your request, according to your heart, it's already done. My God, my God, thank you. You are worthy to be honored and glorified in the name of Jesus. Let me share this as we close. Just this week, just came to mind, I'm going to share this as you go. Say me some, maybe something small to you, but huge to me. I had an appointment at the church, and I put it in my book, wrote it down for Thursday, and I said, well, that can't be right. I must have wrote it down wrong, and then changed it in my book to Friday. I got in my car Thursday, about to leave from prayer, and I'm sitting there, and I heard the Holy Spirit says, go and do the letter for the lady that came last week. And here I am in my car. I can do that in my office. Do it now. I got out of the car. Turned off the engine. Came back in. Five minutes later. The person that I thought was for tomorrow. Came walking through the door. When you walk with the Lord, the Lord will speak. It ain't no audible. I'm not hearing voices thunder. It's the Spirit of the Lord that will speak to your spirit. God bless you.